Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Here we go. All right, I want to welcome everybody to tonight's Mallory Report. I'm looking forward to tonight. But before we begin, I've got to remind everybody of two things. The views and opinions of this show are those of its host and guest, and do not reflect any um, sponsor or simulcasting network or anybody else. So just remember, it's a whole bunch of opinion. If you get... Ben out of shape by it. Well, you get Ben out of shape by it. Um, be sure to come over to Mallard.com and check out all the... Uh, we were just talking about some of the great guests and some of the most recent shows. They're all there. Um, also, as well, uh, my newly released... Uh, I don't want to call it a book because it's not a book. It's just something I created to help uh, people thinking about starting a podcast get started. So come over and sign up for that as well. Uh, it's free, so what, how much better can that be? But anyways, before I get too far into the self-aggrandizing promotion, let's talk about uh, American conspiracies and cover-ups. you got a long subtitle there, but we'll get into all of those, I'm sure. Uh, Doug, Douglas Cernano? Yes, Cernano. Yes, thank you. Uh, close enough. A lot better than I thought I was going to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing tonight, Douglas? <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah, you did good. <laughs> so, Okay. Is, is I, I didn't look this up. No, this is the part of, I hear a voice in the back of my head that says, don't ask questions you don't know the answer to, and especially the first one. Um, is this the first book you wrote? Yes, it is. It is. Um, actually, maybe it's an uh, example of you. Don't give up on your dreams, because I just turned 60. I was always trying to be a writer, and about two months after I, uh, two months after I turned 60, I got published by Skyhorse Publishing, who publishes like uh, Jerome Kersey and uh, Roger Stone and and Jesse Ventura. So if you don't give up on your dreams, they can come true. <laughs> Great company, by the way, and have been phenomenal to me, as, you, as you're as you aware of, uh, pushing those type of people to me. So first, thanks to all of them over there. But so what made you, at 60, I mean, you said you had this dream. How long had you been sitting on wanting to write a book? Well, you know, I, I tried writing novels, and I was always into dabbling in writing. I actually had a... Uh, uh, contract with a writer, uh, with a publisher to publish a novel, but then that fell through. I was always trying to be a writer, and then about seven or eight years ago, I decided to interview people about conspiracy theories, try to break into journalism, but then about a year or two ago, I realized I had so many together that they would make a book, good book, so I sent it off to Skyhorse, and they liked it. So, yeah, I, I was going to well, say, think, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, what makes my book unique, I think it's a book of interviews, and I got some of the most famous conspiracy theory authors in the world, uh, Jim Mars on the New World Order, um, uh, G. Edward Griffin on the Federal Reserve, Noam Chomsky on uh, corporate media, uh, David Ray Griffin on 9-11. I got LBJ's lawyer on Kennedy assassination. So I lucked out of that way. I got the most some of the most famous conspiracy theory authors in the world. I think that's what makes the book interesting. Yeah, as I say, when I opened it out of the mail, I can't, you know, when you pull a book out of an envelope, you don't know which way it's going to come, but it came back first out of the envelope and I it said featuring these interviews and I went man that, that's that's quite a list of people oh I know I know I lucked out it was like a, a matter of getting lucky I think I just uh, I don't know gotta thank the uh, the higher power or something because I got interviews with these great authors famous authors so I, as, as a host I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this but how, you just reached out to them and they agreed to do it or is there any arm twisting any of these people oh um, they, I, I lucked out. You know, I, I offered to pay a few of them, and I paid like three of them. But the rest did it for free, and uh, just a matter of getting lucky, I think. Because, uh, like, Jim Morris, he gets so many uh, – you interviewed him, but I get so many uh, quests that I offered to pay him for the interview, which I did. And also uh, David Ray Griffin, uh, because he gets a lot of requests. But the other nine guys, I, uh, ten guys, I got – I just lucked out. They, uh, I got either sent them an email or sent them a letter, and I got the interviews. So, you, you who, who was the first one? I guess let's start there. That, that, that'll be fascinating for me because I'm sure. Oh yeah, the fun. first first one was actually a guy named Robert Stinnett who wrote a book about the theory that uh, Franklin Roosevelt had a foreknowledge of Pearl Harbor, and that book was published, I think, in like 2002. So, I, I think it's the best-selling book on Pearl Harbor now. 
and it's got all the evidence that uh, Franklin Roosevelt uh, basically arranged for Pearl Harbor to happen to give us an excuse to get into World War II. And that, as it happened, the last interview I did was with David Ray Griffin about what many people think to be the, uh, the new Pearl Harbor, which is 9-11, and the idea that the Bush administration or somebody in the government let 9-11 uh, happen as an excuse to uh, go take control of the Middle East. So the first one's about the old Pearl Harbor, and the last one is about the new Pearl Harbor. <laughs> isn't, isn't there a quote somewhere from somebody in the government that said we need a new Pearl Harbor? Yeah, that was, a, um, that was a, one of the uh, neocon think tanks. They uh, wrote a paper like a year or two before 9-11 saying, we want to remove Saddam Hussein, we want to take control of the Middle East, but to do that we need a new Pearl Harbor. And the neocons, we know, were people who were running the Bush White House. They were all neocons. And so, you know, people think that that's evidence that the neocons were behind 9-11, yeah. So I'm, I'm allowed to ask you this question because you're from New York. I normally try to avoid this question, but I have to imagine, I mean, because your relationship with the city and being there and being connected, how did, I mean, you must have a deeper root of those events than I do being in Western Pennsylvania. Fair? Because you oh. because of the connection, right? Yeah, well, I, I live on Long Island, about 40 minutes from Manhattan, and I do know a couple of people who are in the building, or my, my family knows them. Um, but I don't know. When it happened, I woke up, you know, because I already know about conspiracy theories and, you know, inside jobs and what's really happening in the government. So I looked at it first thing in the morning. I said, oh, the government's engaging in another false flag. So I, I have a unique... Uh, perspective on it whether or not i'm from new york or not <laughs> so I, I was gonna say so that is a yes that is definitely a new unique conspiracy or point of view that you you instantly caught it because I, I can imagine um, here i'm throwing a perspective person out there being from new york you get caught in that moment you get caught in all the patriotism and then later to come find out that oh. maybe it wasn't on the up and up oh yeah yeah well you know personally i, I knew about I really know about what's going on. In my opinion, I uh, know about, you know, how the government operates. So right away, I felt that it was an inside job within 30 seconds of hearing about it. But then there were so many people, you know, you know, lighting candles and coming up to me and saying, uh, how are you, you know? And I realized that, you know, they were being patriotic, so I supported that. But I felt right away that it was a, uh, I felt this was the government again, you know? Whether I'm right or wrong, I think I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... There's some interesting arguments in the book from David Ray Griffin on that. I'll be yeah. honest, right? I mean, I've I've seen uh, I've seen him being interviewed on a documentary or clips of him being interviewed on a documentary. Uh, probably one of the foremost, uh, yeah. what's the word I'm looking for? Experts on Expert. yeah on nine eleven and the the evidence of. Yeah, he's probably the foremost expert on the idea nine eleven was inside job. Yeah. So okay, so while we're while we're there, that, that see that factors in Jim Mars and the New World Order and all that. So because I, you know, I, like I said, you start. I have the. I, I'd love to do someday on a wall the string method, you know, where you start pushing pins in the wall with you know the JFK assassination and string it here, and then you know the moon landing, oh. which is another conspiracy that you didn't get into in your book, but you know, and you just start oh. stringing it and you start using different color of strings and see how they all connected. I'd love to have the space to do that. Oh, yeah. It'd be phenomenal, yeah. but I, I don't know how big of room or wall I would need to make it all work. Um, yeah. It's probably all coming from the deep state, you know, it's probably all uh, connected. You're right. And, it, but I guess the question is, where did the deep, I mean, the deep state that wasn't around for Washington. I mean, they had their own club, so to speak, back in the day, the people, but it wasn't, yeah. uh, so, Manipulative towards events. So, do you have an well, idea? Oh. Well, well, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Do you have? Do we have a point where, I, if I was gonna build my wall, so to speak, where should I start? Oh yeah. Um, well, you know, you interviewed Jim Mars, right? Yes. He he says he says it started with the first uh, civilization with Sumeria, like five thousand BC. He believes uh, there've been shadow government controlling things since then. But I think you could at least concretely start it from. Uh, 1789 with the organization of uh, the organization of a group called the Illuminati, which is a, a professor in uh, 
uh, Germany, who formed a group called the Illuminati, and his idea was to manipulate politics from behind the scenes and um, eventually uh, set up a world government and control the world government. I think it's been handed down from then uh, there are, to the Trilateral Commission, to the uh, Communists, to uh, United Nations, uh, international bankers. I think the richest guys in the world picked this up back then. And I think uh, you could you could at least uh, connect things from back then, from the organization of the Illuminati, 1789. That's that's troubling. I mean, we talked we talked briefly about Pearl Harbor and events that led up to that. I mean, we're I'm I'm sitting here thinking maybe that was kind of the first um, military oh. state, kind of you know, trying to go to oh. war with something. And now you're oh, talking. Uh, let's see. Doing yeah. some quick math on my tablet here. Uh, yeah, hundred years or more than hundred years before that. So that's that's troubling. Yeah, yeah I think I know. I think it's troubling, but I think the way that uh, the deep state uh, tries to control things now is through the banking system, and uh, we have a banking system which controls the economy. It's an unfair system. I think the um, the, the same uh, bankers who control the Federal Reserve are connected to all the banks that control the world, and it's a system in which the banks are getting richer and uh, everybody is getting poorer through inflation and debt. And so I think that's where they got control of us, through a, a, a banking system that is corrupt. We're supposed to, in the United States, we're supposed to have a... Um, our own government is supposed to issue the money, so then through taxes, and then we wouldn't have debt. And if they didn't issue too much money, we wouldn't have inflation. And we could, have, if you have a happy economy, you can have a happy society. But as it is now, the banks uh, issue too much uh, money with interest and causes debt and inflation. And I think that's how we're being screwed over. Maybe, uh, maybe Trump will do something about it because Trump is always speaking out against the Federal Reserve. So, <laughs> yeah, but that kind of brings us to back to JFK. See, that, see, this is what I'm saying. We need to have this board going. Of you know, because JFK spoke out against the central bank yeah. too, and you see yeah, how that yeah. ended. Well, there, I mean, that's yeah, yeah. that's one of the that's one of the avenues you could take into that, right? Yeah, yeah. Who control, who controls the money? You know, I actually talked to Jim Mars about that, and he said, uh, anytime somebody tries to uh, change the banking system, they get shot in the head because Lincoln tried to do it, and then even Andrew Jackson, they tried to assassinate him. He was really against central banking. And then he brought up um, Kennedy, and then he even brought up Reagan. He says Reagan was starting to speak out against these guys, and you know they tried to shoot Reagan too. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I think it, it go, all goes back to money. I think if we had a fair banking system, a fair economic system, then we could have a healthy society. You know. Well, money is the root of all evil, for sure. Yeah, yeah, really. And uh, you know, the founding fathers saw that. You know, I interviewed. G. Edward Griffin about that. He's like the foremost expert on the idea that the Federal Reserve should be abolished. And I talked to Jim Mars about that also. And, uh, you know, if you have, a, as I said, you have a government issuing the money in proper proportion without building up too much debt, then you could have a happy society because you have a happy economy. I think maybe that's the most important thing, maybe point in my book and uh, something, you know, G. Edward Griffin believes in big time and also Jim Mars. Did you talk to Jim Mars about that when you interviewed him? No, he, we we made the well, we talked about like uh, fake news and like really topical things at that point. Oh, so, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, when you get to talk to Jim, there's so. I mean, you, 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 I don't know how long you talked to him. I talked to him like on the show for an hour and a little bit afterwards. And oh, yeah. you could spend. I mean, I could have flew to, to Dallas and spent a week, a yeah. month with the guy, just you know, as yeah. he had time, sitting there talking to him, and still not had all my questions answered. I know because he writes about so many things. Yeah. yeah, I don't know which one to talk about. <laughs> so, I mean, you you interviewed a number of people. Did anybody just kind of? I don't want to say. Um, I don't want to say you left a bad taste in your mouth because that's not what I'm going for. But that's kind of where I'm going. Because you, I mean, obviously we we both come at these things with biases and how we perceive these events. But did anybody really change how you were thinking about a a topic? Um, I don't think so, really. Um, like Noam Chomsky, you know, he's the most one of the most famous professors in the world. He doesn't really believe in conspiracy theories. Some people think he maybe he works for the uh, New World Order. I don't know about that, but he just doesn't. But uh, he didn't change my mind about it. I talked to him about the media and how the media is controlled by corporations. Um, he believes it's the corporate control of the media that corrupts the media. Other people would say, you know, 
uh, a think tank called the Council on Foreign Relations. So many people in the media belong to that, and that's where the conspiracy controls the media. Because, uh, you know, the media doesn't report on so many things. It's, it's, I think Trump is right. It's fake news. So, but he didn't change my mind, even though he doesn't believe in conspiracies. But it was an interesting interview I, I got to do with him. He's a, you know, he's a very, very famous professor, Noam Chomsky. Uh, what was his name? I'm th- there was a guest that I had on who didn't believe in them either, but he, he did concede to the fact that maybe it's maybe it's not conspiracy fear. Maybe how it's been how history's been wrote. Oh yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sitting here going, "Dang, you're you know like because history's <laughs> written by the victors, right, or whoever is telling the story at that point." So yeah, maybe they glossed over a few things or made a few things look better for themselves. Because obviously we're not going to sit here and talk about the failure. We're going to talk about the wild success that the end outcome was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like uh, subjective to whoever's controlling things. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I mean, that, I mean, that's part of the problem, right? When, if it's, you know, when I write my book about me, I'm not going to tell you how yeah. much of an a hole I was to some people. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. Well, some, you know, I, I would like to embarrass them again, so maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Hold that thought for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people think the deep state is controlling things, you know, since the Illuminati in 1789, and they probably even control the media and uh, textbooks and stuff. So maybe it's, it's been a deep state conspiracy since then to uh, to have us think in a certain way, you know. Do I guess the question becomes: Is it a intentional uh, process, or is it just when you get a group of people together? You can kind of shift and shape the shape opinions based off who's presenting the information, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I mean, it's intentional. Yeah, I was gonna say it's intentional, it's, but who, who's? I mean, because oh, everybody in that nobody's going to a new world order meeting and saying, "Yeah, we need to screw some people over." Well, they might be. I think maybe Jim, <laughs> like you know, the Bilderberg group. Did you ever hear of that? Yeah, yeah. We'll just hear about that. That is a group of. Uh, of uh, very, very powerful people. They meet in secret. And uh, then there's the uh, Bohemian Grove Group. These are very, very most powerful people in the world. They meet in secret to, you know, manipulate world events and whatnot. Um, And it's not reported by the media because some of the big media moguls go there too. But I I, I might disagree with you about that. I think they might get together and be talking about how to get to a big brother government. They think they're the elites of the world. And they want a big brother government, so maybe I disagree with you on that one. Well, that's that's where we need to be. Um, of course, <laughs> the big brother in the world. Here's the thing, right? Uh, even I've seen that um, Amazon's facing some penalties for their Alexa listening to people, right? And I'm like, yeah, I knew that going in that that was going to listen to you. Oh yeah, Amazon. Amazon listens on you. I, I heard that Google listens on, in on you. Amazon listens in, is listening to us too. Yep, they all are. Oh. Yeah, that's, you're, you're, I mean, your I, iPhone's listening to you when you're not talking on it. There, everybody's listening to. It. But my problem is, yeah. I don't know who is. We we say listening to us, right? It's probably yeah. a a text to talk algorithm that they're using, so they hear us and then they put, you know are searching for key words in that, like barbecue sauce. Um, <laughs> 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 now, now, sir, now. I, I, I want the listeners out. I, I tried this at the advice of. So I was listening to a show and I heard a, a host talking about it, or a guest talking about. It, I can't remember which, but they said next time you're in your your car driving by yourself, you know your phone. Yeah. You're not talking on your phone or anything. It's in the car with you. Start talking about something that you normally want to talk about. Like bar- like for me, it's barbecue sauce because I eat it once or twice a year. Like you know, give me some chicken once in a while. Pour some barbecue sauce on it. Great. So you just sit there and say, you know, man, I could use a good barbecue place or, you know, just say it a couple of times. And then next time you're yeah. on Facebook, look and see if there's an ad for a barbecue place. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, did, did um, you ever try that? <laughs> I did try that, and guess what? The reason I'm encouraging sure. people to do it because it worked. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, you, you were just talking into your into your cell phone? You said uh, I, was just talking to my, I was just talking to myself in the car, and the phone was on the, you know, the passenger seat in case, you know, somebody called me. And you were talking about barbecue sauce, and then you got a Google ad for it. Yep. Oh, I, I'm not, I don't sit around googling barbecue sauce. <laughs> oh. oh man, that is like Big Brother watching us, right? <laughs> well, listening, right? <laughs> yeah, really. I, I got to try that. 
So, I, but I will caveat that by saying, send me free money doesn't work. <laughs> I have I have figured that one out. I've tried enough, and it just doesn't it hasn't happened yet. But never know. Um, I guess they don't they only don't want me talking about that one, so they don't want to do it. Sort of scary, isn't it? I mean, they really seem to be watching. I think maybe it's the uh, rich guys. They do have secretive groups, and they're the ones watching us because they want to have Big Brother. I think they want to have Big Brother through Agenda 21. Did you ever hear that? That's a plan that the United Nations have. Eventually, we're going to all live in Agenda 21 villages, you know? Yeah, that, that stuff's scary. I mean, all, all most of the UN things are scary. Yeah, really, really. That's why uh, I sort of like Trump for all his his, uh, his uh, faults, as his personality acts like a seventh grade bully. But he made a speech at the UN a couple of weeks ago. He said, "You know, we're for patriotism, we're for nationalism, we're not for globalism." It's a really anti anti United Nations speech. I thought it was a great speech. Uh, to me, Trump is an anti New World Order guy. Although I wish he would clean up his personality, he acts like a he acts like a jerk. You know. Yeah, well, I think some of that's needed, but I think that sometimes it goes too far. I'll be honest. I'm oh. not a – I mean, sometimes it just seems reckless. Now, you know, trying to manipulate things, yes, but when you're just out there, I don't know. It, it scares me because, I mean, people are – I mean, the world is watching, literally, all the time. Yeah. And yeah. I don't I don't necessarily want that to be the reflection on me or you either. Yeah. So. Uh, you mean all the watching through Google and the phones and everything? Oh, no, well, that too, but I'm talking about on the news. Like, when they hear, I mean, because, you know, as well as I do, when somebody, when he says something uh, mm. less than intelligent, oh, there, I cleaned it up yeah. that way, you know, that, that 10 seconds is what is on the news somewhere in the world, not the rest. Oh, of yeah. The I mean, it's on, news here, it's on the right network here, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so, uh. Go ahead. So you're, you don't really like Trump, is that it? I, I, I'm on the I'm in the middle. He's our president. I'll respect that. Do I like some of the things? Yes. Do I like some of the things? No. So, all right. And as for Democrat, as for a Democratic candidate, uh, I'm still waiting. And none of the, the <coughs> none of the 42 that are running right now, right? 42. <laughs> Is that accurate? Maybe not. Maybe that's a bit high. But it's you know there's a bunch of them right now. None of them inspire me to say, oh yeah. Let's let's get let's yeah. get to November next year of that. Yeah, but I think like we need somebody like Trump, maybe not Trump, but somebody who isn't a professional politician. Because I think most Democrats or Republicans who get into office, they they belong to the trilateral commission. They go to the Bilderberg. They're all coming from the same place. The same special interests are controlling them: the deep state, the New World Order. So Trump isn't a part of that. And so in that way, I think he's good. But again. His stupid personality is what uh, what he needs to fix, you know. But I think the deep state is getting most of them in there, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I would personally like to see somebody from my party, which is independent, who doesn't necessarily oh, yeah. doesn't necessarily have the party bosses and the the pressure, yeah. the manipulation of being a member of either party. Oh yeah, yeah. And, Jesse, and Jesse Ventura hit, sat here with me and hinted that he was going to run. Even though I be I begged him to tell me the exclusive, but he wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh, you interviewed Ventura? Yeah. Oh wow! I think he yeah. said that uh, he, he's thinking about running. Isn't he? He's thinking about it, and he I said if you do run, you got to come back, and he said he would. So that's good news oh, for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. I'm independent, like Jesse Ventura. Yeah, that'd be good. I, I I could I could get more excited about that. Okay, question from the Germantown runner, who's my, one of my more famous listeners, because he asked. Just makes my job easier at some points. Uh, he's got a question here. Um, in the long list of existing conspiracies, do you have any that you have debunked, or just now, kind of as you look back at it, go, "Why in the hell did I ever believe that?" Changed up a little bit because of um, my words. I don't think so. No, I think like the twelve things I wrote about. I, I do twelve interviews, and I think no, uh, I didn't debunk any of them. I think you know they're all true, or they're, they're all more like just political realities. Like I write about. The Federal Reserve, some people would say it's a conspiracy, but some people would say it's just a corrupt banking system. Or I write about the media, about how we can't trust the media. Some people would say, well, that's not a conspiracy. That's just like the corruption of power, you know? So, um, but no, I didn't, 
everything I wrote about, I think there's truth to it, that it's some sort, type of corruption or conspiracy. So the one that, I mean, I'm sitting here, I have the book in my hands, which is great for audio, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nobody can see that. Uh, but me, but the one that catches my eye right now, because I'm looking at the cover and, you know, there's some of the topics and some of the, the, the authors listed on the other side. We've kind of talked about all of them except one, which is the suppressed cancer cures, which um, oh. I, I oh, uh, yeah. go ahead. I'm just going to I'm going to let you lead the way on this because I have my own opinion, but we'll get there in a minute. Oh, OK. Yeah. I interviewed a guy named Dr. Ralph Morse about that. And he's probably the leading authority on uh, alternative treatments for cancer. And uh, there have been so many times when somebody has a, a good treatment for cancer, usually a natural treatment, and they're helping people. In some cases, they're curing people. And the FDA swoops down on them, treats them like a criminal, and shuts them down. So some people would say it's a conspiracy. Morse doesn't really think that. He, he thinks it's just a matter of um, a natural treatment isn't going to get approved. Because, like, if vitamin C uh, was proven, uh, multi-doses of vitamin C could cure cancer. Um, uh, anybody who, if you want to get that proven and approved as a treatment, you have to pay $250 million for the test. Nobody's going to do that because you can't patent vitamin C. And so who's going to pay $250 million if once it's proved that it's a good treatment, uh, everybody can start uh, manufacturing it? So that's the problem, according to Moss and according to people who believe in natural treatments. But even there was a guy named Dr. Linus Pauling, who was won the Nobel Prize for Chemistry. He also won the Nobel Prize uh, for politics, for Peace. And back in the 60s, he said that multi-doses of vitamin C can help people with cancer, even cure. And he tested it, and it did. You know, it helped people, and in some cases it cured them. But he could get no cooperation in America with the FDA, Linus Pauling, the guy who won the Nobel Prize for uh, Chemistry. He get no cooperation because... Uh, you know, in America, they just want to sell drugs, sell chemotherapy, make a lot of money. And uh, he ended up saying, everyone should know that the war on cancer is largely a fraud. This is uh, Linus Pauling, the guy who won the Nobel Prize for chemistry. Yeah, that's kind of where my opinion comes into this, right? Because you you see at least all the time on these, um, you know, a uh, dose of insulin costs 72 cents in Canada or whatever, you know, however that those things go, and it costs $300 here, which is absolutely yeah. absurd. Uh, we should yeah. be able to have at least a equivalent cost for these things, but why are they marked up so high? Because somebody uh, sets a price and insurance pays it. Of course, that makes, you know, it's just that money, the root of all evil. Here we are with money again. Yes. Yeah, really, I, maybe it's not so much a conspiracy. It's just a matter of people have to make money and people are rigging it. To, uh, to make money. There was another woman who, her name was Dr. Marsha Angle. She was the editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, which is like the most prestigious uh, medical journal in the world. And she says, you know, they rig trials. If you've got a natural treatment, uh, they'll, they'll actually rig the trials so that it doesn't work. She actually said trials can be rigged in dozens of ways, and it happens all the time. She was the editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and so I think you're right. You know, it's just a matter of money. They want to make money, so they want to keep selling drugs. So they rig it so that only the drugs are approved as uh, as a good treatment. Who was it? I had a guy on Germantown Road. You probably remember this show. We were talking about Monsanto and um, Roundup. The guy wrote a book about how they rigged the ta- they rigged the studies that they sent to the FDA to make it quote unquote safe. Um, yeah, yeah. Which man, oh, that's. That's so much corruption in medical establishment. That stuff scares me to no end. Now, I mean, I peeled back that word. You know, again, I got sent a book, and I'm like, oh, Monsanto, oh, cute. And then, you know, I I started reading this, and I went, these are the people that own Bear Aspirin now. Mother, well, anyways, I'm not going to, I've already swore once on the show. I'll try to keep (laughs) that, you know, (laughs) less than, uh, but I'm like, Oh, you know, and they're they're the ones genetically modifying the food, and they're making the weed killer, and now they're controlling my aspirin. Now, I, I yeah. mean, I yeah. you know, I tend to fancy myself trying not to be a conspiracy theorist. You know, I try to, oh, you know, yeah. wade the other direction, try to find you know facts and stuff. But when they're making the poison and they're making the seed and they're making the medicine that fixes the problems, there's yeah. a problem. I yeah. mean, that's a big problem. Well, so, some people would say that. 
it is a big conspiracy that super rich guys are actually so diabolical they're trying to make us sick so they to be less people so they can control the world. I mean, even Jim Mars wrote a, a book about that. I think that might have been his last book. Um, you know, that's a big conspiracy theory that they're so diabolical they're intentionally trying to make us sick to decrease the population. There could be something to that, or maybe it's just a matter that's trying to make a lot of money. Well, I was going to say, we were just talking about pharmaceuticals costing a lot of money, and... <laughs> you ah. oh, oh. Man, my head wants to explode right now. <laughs> oh, oh, what'd you say? My head... I said, we just talked about big pharmaceuticals making big money, right? And then we talked about... We just, you know, we just kind of shifted that plate around. We're back to the, the pharmaceutical thing again. Now my head just wants to explode, right? You know, because... <laughs> As as you when you control the circle, you control everything. Yeah, <clears throat> there's a good book about that called Politics and Healing by a guy named Daniel Haley H A L E Y. There were so many times where uh, some doctor had a good treatment for cancer, and uh, he was helping people in some cases healing them, and uh, the FDA came in and, and stopped them from. Stop them from using the treatment. You can check it out. It's called a book by Daniel Haley, H-A-L-E-Y. Very good book about that. No, that, that, the, I'm sorry. I'm not talking to you. That, that is good. I'm reading Germantown Runner's comment here, and I'll, I'm just going to paraphrase it to you because this is just probably the most ridiculous thing I've seen in my chat room in the eight years I've been doing this show. Someone has told, someone has told him in Canada that some of the oil workers up there use Roundup as a shot and then chase it with a beer to prove they're manly men. Are you... That stuff will... Uh, well, I can't remember the guy's name. This is killing me. I should know this. I can see the book cover in my... See the book cover. They use Roundup as a shot and then chase it with beer? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I could see the book in my head. Of course, I don't have it on my desk right now. I clean my desk, and this is what happens when I do. I can't find uh-huh. the, book of the guest that I'm talking about. Um... But what's that roundup stuff? That is, uh, <coughs> I mean, he, he was talking about if it was safe, they wanted the guy to drink a bottle of it, and he went and do it. Well, for obvious reasons, right? I don't think that. Uh, let's see. Hold on. This is great radio. As I scroll my website trying to figure out who this guy was, because uh, <laughs> I want to give him credit for it, right? Because I, it's, yeah, a phenom- yeah. it's a phenomenal topic, and. Uh, has it really been that long ago, too? Oh, good grief. Uh, really? It seems like yesterday. Good grief almighty. Mitch Horowitz. There we go. No. Yes, he was one. Uh, we talked about that. And Mitchell Cohen um, was the other one that we talked about Roundup with, and that was that was the start of the year. Oh, my. Oh. Anyways, how fast has this year went? What? I just realized those were like the, some of the first guests of the year. Um, what, is <laughs> round, what is Roundup? Roundup is weed killer. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> like, I mean, like, you know, it's the stuff you want to use if you have a weed problem because it works. Oh. Um, it's been proved <laughs> to cause cancer and all these other things, but I, I still can't oh. believe uh, somebody would. I, uh, well, to each their own. How's that sound? I do not encourage that, by the way. I just can't. <laughs> Good yeah. I can't encourage people to do that, for the record. So don't sue me, because I said no, don't do it. Is there any conspiracy that you might have come across that you said, no, I'm just not going to talk about that? Um, well, um, I hadn't heard about the moon landing conspiracy until I was well into writing a book, sort of. But that seems like a, uh, it might be something to it, but... Um, I think, you know, if you start talking about that, then people really won't talk to you at the Thanksgiving dinner table, you know. They'll think you're crazy. <laughs> They'll think you're crazy. That's normally one of the questions I ask the guests. How, I mean, um, how did this go over with your, your immediate circle, your friends and family, when you told them that you were oh, well, welcome? They probably I, already had a clue, uh, right? So this wasn't as big a shock. Yeah, they already had a clue, yeah. And I don't like, I don't like, it's not like all I talk about, but... Um, you know, I, I try to be pretty down-to-earth about it. I mean, you can be pretty down-to-earth. Like, take, like, Jim Morris, for instance. He was the most down-to-earth guy in the world, right? But he talked about conspiracy theories all the time. But I think if you don't, uh, 
we don't talk too much about it. People, uh, people find it, I think generally people find it interesting, you know? Yeah. I think like, it's becoming more and more mainstream, actually, because of the Internet. Yeah, uh, it definitely has become, I mean, it's easier to lay your fingers on things and say, here. Listen to yeah. Jim Morris talk about this for a minute. He's much more better. Yeah. Well, best, much better, more smoking than me. <laughs> that goes without saying <laughs> at this moment. Um, this, this the millennials, is, you know, the millennials, people who grew up in the nineties or whatever. They, I think, they're really into it because they grew up on the internet. You know, I don't know how old you are, but when I was young, we didn't have the internet yet. But young I, people now, they grew up on the internet, and there's so much conspiracy theory information that you talk to young people, and they, they know about all this stuff. You know. <laughs> I am 35, so I'm kind of on that cusp of having internet most of my life. Oh, okay. All so, right. So, but yeah, it's, it, it, it's it's present. I mean, I, I remember life pre-internet and life post-internet, and you know, actually having a going somewhere without a cell phone, which seems astronomical yeah. now. But I remember yeah. doing it. <laughs> yeah, but before that, I think it was uh, taboo to talk about conspiracy theories because after the Kennedy assassination. Uh, the CIA had a specific program to uh, discredit any conspiracy theories. A guy, an author by the name of Dehavant Smith, he wrote about that in a book called Conspiracy Theory in America. The, the CIA used its connections to uh, media outlets, and they have a lot of connections, uh, to make anybody who believes in a conspiracy theory is a nut job, and that's crazy, and that's wrong. Because, the, you know, the CIA wanted everybody to believe the Warren Commission. They don't want to believe Kennedy was killed by the government or by conspiracy. So be, because of that, that's why conspiracy theory has such negative connotation. But I think with the age of the Internet, uh, more and more people are accepting of it, you know? Yeah, and as we were talking a little bit ago, the children of today are post-9-11 far enough that, like, that was, what, oh, 18 years yeah, ago. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's a whole generation there that live in a oh, yeah. post-9-11 world. Who didn't see it on the TV for days, and you know, yeah, wasn't. Oh, you think like, you know, the people who were young when nine eleven happened, they also accept conspiracy theories and whatnot. Oh yeah, I think so. I think I mean. Oh yeah. I think that that kind the, of is a tipping point. I think, you know. As oh yeah. We, but I'm sure there's still there, but there's a generation like between us, so to speak. I mean, I know your age, that kind of are more reluctant to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It could be because of that uh, CIA program after the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, but <clears throat> again, to talk about Trump, I think he believes in many of the conspiracy theories. So maybe that's one of the reasons he got elected, you know? Hey, and wow. I think uh, that's a good part of him. You know, the term deep state is accepted everywhere now because uh, Trump has used that uh, phrase so much. And I think it's good because people should realize that you know, there's shadow government influencing things. And Trump always used the term fake news. And I think yeah. that's good. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, personality aside, right, we can give him credit yeah. for We can give him credit for that. Now, can you, is it good credit, bad credit? Should it have been explained more? Okay, whatever the issue mm -hmm. is, deep state, um, fake news have all become relevant because of him. And I think that goes yeah, more well, into the research and the stuff that younger people are doing. Because they, they yeah. have more access to anything in the world, right? So they can yeah. go read oh, the yeah. headlines yeah. from from London or uh, uh, Sydney or wherever. They aren't stuck yeah. with their local newspaper and maybe a USA Today if they could find one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, I don't know if so much Trump as it is the spirit of the times, you know, the spirit of the Internet. I heard the Internet was first brought in by... Uh, by um, the government to try to get better control over us, you know, like you say, everybody's listening in on us, but maybe it backfired on the, the powers that be because more and more people are becoming aware of the corruptions and conspiracies because of the internet, you know? So if it well, was somehow created to try to control us, maybe it backfired on them. I was going to say, they let some moron like me have a website. That was the first problem. <laughs> <laughs> your website's about how long you had your website. I've had my website was my website since 2005, long before wow. I started doing the show. Actually, it, the, my website started as a joke because I was tired of going to like Yahoo or AOL, you know, at, you know, like Mallard at AOL.com. I didn't like that. That made me mad. 
So I was talking oh, yeah. to one of my nerdy friends, and he says, "Oh, I got the solution for you. We'll just go buy your domain name." And I uh-huh. went, "You buy my what?" And he, you know, he showed me, and he's like, "You can be Jim at Mallard.com. And I said, "That's what I want to be." Right? Uh, <laughs> so well, I bought, I, I, you know, threw a fist of money on the table and said, "Do it, whatever you run your uh, voodoo." So, <laughs> so well, I had that's great. For, that's great, great <laughs> websites like yours and so many others, uh, like uh, Breitbart, and I, I like Alex Jones. Uh, all the, all these great websites. You wouldn't have that information out there if it wasn't for the internet, and I think that's a, a very good thing. It is a great thing. And, uh, of course, at this moment, I have to be very sarcastically and tip my hat to Al Gore for inventing the Internet. <laughs> oh, oh. I, I, he didn't, did he? <laughs> no, he really didn't. But he said he claimed he did somewhere when he was running for president. And, you know, these, these, these are the also, quotes that I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, these yeah. quotes that just live forever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did he also invent global warming? I don't know. What yeah. do you feel about global warming? <laughs> I, I think there's climate change of some degree. I mean, I mean. Where I, I think, yeah. you know, there's a time that we used to have more snow in the ground at this point of the year, even in my lifetime. I remember having, because the last few have been really um, green Christmases, so to speak, and they haven't been as white as I remember as a kid, and I'm not oh, that yeah. old. So is yeah. something going on? Yes. Now, is it warming, cooling, changing? I'm not a climatologist, but something is changing. Yeah. Now, is it good, bad, and different? I don't know that either. Or is it like an imminent danger, you know? I mean... That's what yeah. the, uh, the alarmists say. I, I don't know about that. Some people think that's a conspiracy, that they're exaggerating that. Well, here's my, here's my problem, though, right? If the world's going to end in 100 years, odds are I will be 135 and not give a bleep or, you know, not be 135. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. If it, if it ends in 500 years, well, I got news for you. I'm still not at that giving a bleep point. And if the world just yeah. spontaneously explodes and we all get blown into space tomorrow, Odds of my survival out in space are none, yeah. so I'm still not giving a bleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I talked to Jim Mars about that. He, he thinks we don't have to worry about it for like 100,000 years. <laughs> well, it, could be a, it could be a conspiracy that, you know, the, the United Nations has this Agenda 21 plan. We're all supposed to go live in Agenda 21 cities. This is the plan they have, and stop using air conditioners or cars. Otherwise, we're going to be killed by global warming. Now, some people will say, you know, this is BS propaganda, conspiracy to try to get us to accept uh, a United Nations big brother government, you know? And that's what some people think it is. I don't know. Other people think global warming is real. I don't know. I, I think it's an exaggeration. Well, as, as my school of thought goes now, the planet has been around for millions of years, in my belief. Uh, we've been here for a small period of time. I believe the planet will be here millions of years after us. Now, if it... Yeah. If it swallows us up and spits us out, so to speak, because we were bad to it, we probably earned that, right? We yeah. Yeah. Plastic is probably the worst thing in the history of ever, right? Because it doesn't yeah. biodegrade. It doesn't do anything. I mean, it makes great products. <clears throat> I'll agree, right? Because most of the stuff I'm looking at is made out of plastic. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. But on the other hand, it's not great for the environment. So if the Earth drowns us and spits us out and kills us all, well, we probably deserved it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we so, still got some time. I think so. Maybe uh, there are some problems, but I think a lot of it is exaggeration. That's what you know. Conspiracy th- people think, and most Republicans think that too. So um, you know, there's some things that we have to change, but I don't think it's a big emergency. No, I, I think we, like I said, we can be more smart about what we're making things out of, and our attentions for you know sustainability, and you know maybe we shouldn't be decimating billions of acres of rainforest. And, you know, there are things that we can, that I'll agree, that we should moderate, you know, yeah. or stop. But in an effort to just say, you know, everybody should stop stri- driving their cars around tomorrow because, you know, we're trying to save the planet. We need to do yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> Did you talk to Jim Mars about that by any chance? I don't think so. Oh. Man, oh. we were, I, mean, I was, had, well, Okay. I actually listened to the interview a month or so ago just because I was uh, doing some clips of highlights and I wanted one from him uh, because his voice is so iconic. You know, some people just sound a lot alike and you can't really, but Jim Mars, the voice stands out. And yeah. so the first question out of my mouth to Jim is, so tell me the question you get, you get asked too much that you don't want to talk about anymore. And he says the Kennedy assassination, which honestly I had a, I had a few questions about, but I wasn't going to dominate my show. But I'm sitting here going, 
Man, I just put my foot square in my mouth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we had a good laugh, and, you know, the show progressed. But, you know, uh, you know, looking back on that, I went, you know, that might have been a question to ask him at the end of the interview. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he, he said he got sick of the Kennys as an intro. Yeah, well, I believe well, I think- because... I mean, that's, yeah. I, I've uh, listened to a lot of the interviews, and he, I mean, he he does, I mean, his stuff is relevant, but there's only so much content that he produced on, yeah. you know, how many times yeah. can you say that maybe the government was right and, you know, all this other stuff, and there isn't a conspiracy? Yeah. If there was a conspiracy, would you believe them now if they told you? <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess he's been talking about that for so long. That's sick of it. One thing Mr. Mars talked about, which you asked me, would I not do something? I probably wouldn't have write about aliens, you know. Mars obviously believes the government's hiding aliens, right? And that's a, another subject that your family would think you're too crazy if you talk about. But it, it's an interesting theory. But you don't know I, my family my then, family. do you? <laughs> you don't know my family <laughs> then, do you? <laughs> I think they've started to tolerate me in these... Uh... So, let's see. I was, um, was a Facebook memory a couple weeks ago. Um, I wasn't feeling good, so I was watching dec- documentaries on Netflix for a day, like, you know, just kind of chilling out. And oh. at the end of this day, I come downstairs and look my wife square in the eye and say, Columbus caused 9-11. <laughs> and she said, go back, go take some more medicine and go back to bed because there's no reason for anybody to be saying that. And I said, but he came to the new world and he, it's his fault because we were here and the, the, the you know, the, the, um, the royals and, you know, that just laid it all, you know, up to the, and she's like, go drink some more NyQuil and go back to bed. And, and she's like, and I'm canceling Netflix. And I'm like, no, you're not. And she didn't. But <laughs> so every once in a Did while, I'll, yeah. uh, every once in a while, yeah. I'll, I'll drop that phrase on her. Columbus caused 9-11. <laughs> to the point even, I joked with her, I was going to create shirts and sell them that said that. And she says, that's on you. <laughs> oh, create what? Shirts that said Columbus caused 9-11. Like oh. the, the, the boats, <laughs> you know, the Columbus Day stuff, just to, you know. Just oh, to yeah. offend people, and I haven't done it, and I probably should, just for fun. Um, man, we've got like 10 minutes left. Oh. Where did this mm-hmm. – okay. Let's not get bogged down in where does this go. Let's, let's finish it up strong here. Um, has has there ever been a conspiracy theory that you genuinely now have seen as, like, fact? Like, there's no there's no more questioning it. It's just part of oh. what you see. Um, let me see here. Um I think a lot of them are, you know. I mean, uh, one thing that I, I wrote about, which is pretty interesting, is about the Martin Luther King assassination. And, uh, you know, uh, I interviewed a guy named Dr. William Pepper, who was a friend of Dr. Martin Luther King back in 1968. And uh, in 1999, the King family sued this guy who said he was part of a conspiracy. And the uh, jury concluded that he was part of the conspiracy and also uh, the U.S. government. So um, maybe, you know, uh, if the jury said it, then maybe you conclude that it's true, you know? And I think there's a lot of cases like that with conspiracies. So you mentioned that you won't write about aliens. That tells me possibly, maybe I'm wrong here, that you're working on another book? Um, I might be, yeah. I think I might like to do a thing like, Maybe another six interviews, because doing 12 takes too long, I think. I did 12 in this book, but maybe I'll do six. I was thinking of writing about, um, in my book, I wrote about, I interviewed a guy who was one of Lyndon Johnson's lawyers, um, who said that Lyndon Johnson was a mastermind of Kennedy's assassination. That's in my book that's out now. But I think it was more than that. I think it was CIA, so I was thinking of maybe writing a, um, one of the interviews in my new book would be about how the CIA probably killed Kennedy and also probably killed Bobby Kennedy. And then I was thinking about writing about the, uh, yeah, I think I want to maybe do six more, maybe about Agenda 21, the Bilderberg Group, and about the theory that uh, the owner of the Titanic intentionally had it uh, uh, sunk to collect the insurance and to kill off some business uh, business enemies. No. I, no. What? what? No. You never heard that one? No, I had it. There might be some truth, but I, I have to look into it to make sure. Well, but, I mean, uh, but as you say it, right, as it's coming out of your mouth, I'm sitting here going, business associates and insurance money. Well, it checks uh, the boxes as being at least worth looking into, right? 
Yeah. Well, you know who the owner of Titanic was? It was uh, J.P. Morgan. And he was a very crooked guy, you know? So. Speaking of crooked... Uh, maybe it's not... I'll have to check into it first. But, you know, that would be like something a lot of people would be interested in, you know? Well, you got uh, me interested now, so now you have to do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. All right. If not, I'll beat you to it and do it for you. No, actually, I wanted to tell you, though, when I when I was going through this book, I you know, people ask me when, you know, because like I said, I kind of did this podcast, whatever it is. It wasn't really a book book. You know, there's not, I can't lay my hands on it. It's all digital. But this kind of inspires me because I, you know, I do interviews all the time. And I've been thinking about this kind of concept where I, you know, do focused interviews. I, As you can tell tonight, I'm not necessarily focused kind of guy. Uh, but, you know, actually try to sit down and write more, you know, get some people and oh. say up between the lines and then use them and put a book like this together. So having seen a book yeah. like this now, it con uh -huh. it cements in my mind that maybe it's possible. Maybe, maybe you could. Uh, I know. I think I think interviews are fun to read and they read fast, you know. So that's yeah. one of the reasons I did it. You know, it's, they read fast and fun to read. Maybe you yeah. could just print up all the interviews you've done and put them in a book. I could. Oh boy! Now, now yeah. we're in trouble. Oh boy! And I could release <laughs> it as an audio book because that's already done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The hard work's already done there. Now, um, yeah. now it's fascinating. Like I said, it'd be fa I just love the connection. The you know because you were, you just mentioned Bobby Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King, right? Right. That that's the same era, moon landing, right? There's a time period there where. Mm. It's just, I don't want to say is the magical time period, but I don't know another word at this moment. Um, but you look at all these, this, this, this string as I'm looking at my, my visual conspiracy wall on my board, that, that era, that, that the, the sixties, right? Pretty much would have to yeah. be a big chunk because there's a lot of detail in there. Yeah. 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 Let me write a book about the conspiracies of the sixties, you know, on that. I guess that was the time, you know, I grew up in the 70s, so maybe that's why I think this way. Because, you know, before the 60s, uh, nobody ever questioned the government, you know. And uh, my dad grew up in the 30s or 40s. If I ever questioned the government, he looked at me like I'm, you know, insulting Jesus or something, you know. And uh, so, so the 60s was an interesting time. I think it, it led people to believe that we should question the government because of all those things. And I think with the advent of the Internet, um, there's even more of that going on now. So I'm going to pose this question to my listeners because I want a great response, so this is important. I'm sitting here, we're talking tonight, and we talked about the Pearl Harbor thing, that'd be the 40s. We just discussed the 60s, right? What are the, yeah. what is the, well, let's, let's break this real basic. What is the conspiracy of the 50s? Um, hmm. Let's see here. I don't know if there were any. Well, that's so what I'm saying, but how do, how do we, you know, oh, because then you get into um, Watergate and Nixon and, you know, you can easily spend this forward, right? Yeah. I mean, I know I can, um, I can muddle my way through the rest, but what, I'm the, I'm just, like I said, I'm throwing it out to my listeners and you, you're stumped by it, I'm stumped by it, but there has to be something that we're missing, oh, yeah. that we're all missing. Yeah. Well, you know, um, maybe uh, Eisenhower, he warned us against the military industrial complex when he got out of office. That might have been like sort ah. of there. My boy Germantown uh, runner, runner just popped it up in the chat room. The communism scare, oh. the red scare in that oh, witch yeah. hunt. There we go. <laughs> gold, gold star for tonight's effort. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh, you're, I'm just sitting here. Now, now I'm thinking because you, you know, you're talking about doing six interviews and I'm sitting here going get somebody to talk about this and this, you know, and then I could do conspiracy by the decade and I should probably shut up before somebody beats me to the point with this book. Uh, uh, <laughs> like uh, you. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> no, I don't think you would, but there are know. probably people out there that would. <laughs> I think you could do one because you already uh, done a bunch of interviews. I think you could uh, put well, one I together. I think if I set out to do an intentional, you know, like I said, doing these different ones, with that intent in my mind of putting it together as a book, you, you know, yeah. Um, you think you can put it together right now with all the interviews you already did? Probably not conspiracy by decade, no. But I oh, probably oh, could oh, put oh, something yeah. together. I mean, with yeah, the interviews yeah. with Roger and um, 
to more. I mean, there's there's enough name value there, um, but yeah. Okay, so Go speaking of speaking of the book, right? Um, where can people find the book? The easiest question to ask an author. Oh yeah, on my uh, website is AmericanConspiracyAndCoverUps.com. Got to put a slash between cover and ups, and I got some expert excerpts from the book there, and uh, some uh, picture of everybody I interviewed, and that also uh, will lead you to uh, the Amazon page, so you can get there. Uh, I was going to say, did the phone drop there for a second? You said conspiracy, and then the next thing I know, 30 seconds of silence. <laughs> oh, I, oh my, my website is AmericanConspiracyAndCoverUps.com, slash between cover and ups. There okay. we go. <laughs> Man, that was um, interesting timing. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I won't blame anything. I'll just say that was interesting. Um, hey, Douglas, again, this has been fun. Uh, if you do decide to write the next book, you know where to find me. And if I decide to write my book, I'll probably contact you just to um, get a Definitely. quote or a forward or something, just be or just because. Definitely. You have uh, oh. put put the balls in motion, so to speak. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's uh, great being on your show. Well, thank you, sir, and have a good night and uh, stay warm, even though it's kind of warm right now. Go global okay. warming. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> this time Happy Right, this is go global warming time of year. In the summer, it's like, man, we could use some of that cold weather. <laughs> uh-huh. well, don't, thank you, don't fall for the global warming conspiracy. <laughs> They're trying to get us the big brother, I'm telling you. All right, well, have a good evening. You too. I, I do feel inspired now because, like Ooh. I said, I have discussed these things for a long time, and I do, I do need held accountable, and I do need to do this. Uh, for me, for you, uh, for everybody who's supported the show for the years, I... I do need to do this, and um, having seen it in practice, I um, I do need to do this for all of us, not just for me. Uh, is it conspiracy by the decade? I don't know. Um, so we'll figure that out together. Um, Germantown Runner is asking for a health update, and that's why I cut Douglas a little bit short, uh, just because I wanted to get this on the record. Uh, tomorrow, 9.30 a.m., I go in for surgery. That's Eastern Time. And um, so, as I told Maury, Maury Zalkovich, a great guest of this program, in an email this afternoon, he, just, he emailed me to check up on me, told me he wasn't going to be available to listen tonight, but I want to say hello to him anyways. Um, I emailed me to check up on me, and I said, be sure to be watching tomorrow afternoon and evening for a newsletter update that I'm alive and well. Um, maybe doped up, and you may not be able to understand it, but if you get an email from me, Please forgive me for any of that stuff. It's just going to be, I want to make sure everybody knows that uh, that I'm doing well, especially those people who have taken the time to come over and support this and support me. Like I said, um, I'm going to be reflective here for the next two minutes and ten seconds or so. Uh, I'm going to be very honest and very blunt and uh, difficult for me to do this because I, you know... Of course, I'm going in for surgery tomorrow. Going, you know, there's all these risks and liabilities and all these scary things that could happen, right? And I don't want to put this to bed tonight without telling everybody um, immensely how much they mean to me and how much the show has meant to me. This is not a goodbye. This is just putting this on the record. I think it's time that I do it anyways. Um, been been very well supported for eight and a half years of doing this show. From the first one to this one, which is number 430-something. Um, not a lot of weeks off. And, uh, again, I sent out an email saying, that, hey, I might take two weeks off with this. I don't know how the date's going to fall. And it looks like, actually looks like I'm not going to end up taking any time off because of how the dates fall. Because I get, I get, I was blessed enough to have surgery on a Wednesday. Uh, the surgeons, that was the day they came back with. And I said, that's great. Um, I was ready to do it whenever. It didn't matter. So, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you to everybody out there who supported this show. As if it be with a simple share or subscribing on the newsletter, or whatever it may be, even if you just listen and never go that far as to push subscribe or like or any of that stuff, know that I appreciate you for listening. I am still, I'm eight and a half years into this. When I started focusing, I don't want to say focusing on numbers because that's not true. When I started reviewing numbers on a more regular basis, which was daily, 
I became quickly aware of how blessed I am to A, have listeners around the world, and B, have listeners every day. And odds are, somewhere in the world, every day, somebody's listening to my voice and whoever's with me, whatever my guest may be. From a, from a small town in western Pennsylvania to wherever you are in the world tonight, I thank you. I can't say thank you enough. And I want you all to know how much it means to me. With that being said, I look forward to talking to you all again real soon. Hope everybody has a, a good week. Bye. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.